EO Fire 1243. If you can find stuff that makes you happy and you can feel like you're really good at it, it's easy to wake up every day and feel motivated about doing what it is you have to get done. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. If you're ready to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days, text JOURNAL to 33444 and IGNITE. No need for two phones. Just get a second line added to your mobile phone. Visit evoice.com and use promo code FIRE for a 60-day free trial. That's evoice.com, promo code FIRE. Looking for an easy way to meet with your team minus the hassle? Visit gotomeeting.com and click that Try It Free button for your free 30-day trial. That's gotomeeting.com. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? JLD here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Lex Friedman. Lex, are you prepared to ignite? I sure am, John. Yes. Lex worked at a series of successful startups. He co-founded The Daily Plate, which was acquired by Demand Media back in 2008. Three months after selling his first podcast ad, he represented 50, five zero shows, Fire Nation. Now he has up podcast ad sales for Midroll, which was acquired by Scripps in July 2015. Lex, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse in your personal life. I worked for a series of internet companies uh, fresh out of college. I was at MySpace when MySpace was a thing. Uh, after that was when I did the Daily Plate. And then when we were acquired by Demand Media, I worked at the Daily Plate. Um, I worked at Demand on the Daily Plate for years. And eventually I decided I had done enough successful internet companies that I was ready to take a break. So for a couple of years, I worked full time as a writer for a publication called Macworld. And it was then that I started dabbling in podcasting. And that's when that podcast ad sales thing happened. And here I am. So I've had a couple different jobs and they've always surprised me, but I've had fun doing them. Well, I can say I'm really glad that you have progressed in the manner that you have, Lex, because, you know, we were talking about Jeff Ulrich in the pre-interview chat that we had. And, you know, it was really April 2013, six months after I launched EO Fire, when I got a call from Jeff and we had a conversation that I said, you know what, this is maybe something that I'm going to be able to do for, you know, not just another couple of months, but maybe another couple of years. And, you know, here we are almost three years later, you know, millions of dollars of ad sales just between my company and your company have been taking place. So, I mean, good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's been very exciting. And I, I always, <laughs> when people ask me about my career, I always say that, you know, I, I've been fortunate that I've been in the right place at the right time and I've made good decisions to, to take the jumps when it makes sense to. Yeah. And it was really cool for me to have met you in person, actually at Podcast Movement 2015 and to get to see you speak from stage. I mean, you just really feel comfortable in the space and you really seem like, you know, this is an area that you're going to be sticking around in. So it's good for people like me, you know, who rely on people like you and the great work that you do. So thank you for that. But to kind of break it down, Lex, you know, we're going to get into your journey as an entrepreneur. And I mean, that's super cool, the, the journey you've been on, the path, the MySpaces of the world. But right now, today, let's talk present times. How do you, Lex, generate revenue as an entrepreneur, as a business person? It's ad sales. I sell ads for podcasts. And so Midroll sells ads and we keep a percentage of, of all the gross ad dollars as our commission. And that's, that's our primary revenue generation right now. Can you kind of talk just for a second about podcasting? I mean, why is this an area that you, you know, as a guy that could do so many things and has really just 
endless amounts of opportunities. Why is this something that you're saying, you know what, this is where I'm going to currently roll the die. This is where I'm going to focus my energy and bandwidth. What fires you up about podcasting? Well, I'll tell you, there's, there's a lot of it that I like. And I was a podcast fan and a podcaster myself before I ever got into selling yeah. the ads. And what I love about what we do now is, you know, because of what my team does and what I do here, the shows exist, right? If you, if you couldn't support this show with the ad sales, you'd be less inclined to do Entrepreneur on Fire. You know, if, if you were, and this is true for, you know, all the big podcasters, for Comedy Bang Bang, for WTF with Mark Maron, all these shows, like they're doing them because they can make a living at it. And so I'm, I'm one, happy to be empowering these talented people to create their shows. But then two, there's an audience on the other side, right? The audience wouldn't get to experience and enjoy these shows, benefit from them in whatever ways they do if they didn't exist. So for me, it, it ends up being a win-win and then a third win too because it's, it's good for the podcaster. It's great for the audience because they get to hear the show. And then it's great for the advertisers too because they're very happy with the results they see from the ads they're placing on shows. So what makes it so appealing to me is there's, there's no loser in the relationship. Everybody's <laughs> coming out ahead. There's a lot of people that jump around the topic of generating revenue, especially, you know, more of the artist types that are just like, you know, I just want to speak or to paint or do this or do that. But the reality is, and this is what I really stress with Fire Nation, is you are obligated to generate revenue from what you're doing so you can continue to do that because we all have bills to pay, responsibilities. We all need to make sure that our runway is stretched out and it doesn't end tomorrow because that's why most businesses fail, especially for entrepreneurs, we run out of time. So all of that, Fire Nation, I hope you're absorbing and taking in. And Lex, I kind of want to turn and shift this conversation to you and specifically your journey as an entrepreneur. You gave us a little glimpse of a couple things you have going on, but I want you to take us to one moment and that moment being your worst entrepreneurial moment that you've had to date. And Lex, really tell us that story. I mentioned earlier, you know, I've done a, a lot of different things and worked on a, a couple different kinds of companies. When I was at Macworld writing full time, I had started the podcast that I was doing then but hadn't yet explored the podcast ad world. Uh, a buddy and I decided we would launch an app together. This was in the you know, early heyday of iPhone apps and iPad apps being really successful things. And we were especially buoyed and inspired by the success of an app called Draw Something. Now, if you don't remember Draw Something, that will show you the foreboding nature of this story. <laughs> um, but Draw Something was a game that was acquired by Zynga, the company that makes words with friends, uh, for billions of dollars. And it, it was a, basically a Pictionary-style game where you would draw a picture asynchronously. Your friend would have to guess what you had drawn. And I, I liked that game. I really liked the fact that they got bought by Zynga for so much money. And a buddy and I decided we were going to make an app called Let's Sing. And it was going to be kind of name that tune-esque. You would be presented with a song. You had to hum it or whistle it, just do anything without using the <laughs> lyrics. And your sound bite would be sent to your friend who would play it back and guess what you had sung. And I'll tell you the truth, John. The game was fun. You know, we got, you know, at our peak, thousands of people would play each day and they would have a really good time. Um... The problem was we peaked at thousands of people playing each day. It was never tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, which is what you really need for a, a network effect style game to be successful. And the problems became obvious pretty early on. One, it was a game you could not play at work. You couldn't play it on the bus. Like uh, any game that you can play quietly on your phone, you can do while you're commuting. <laughs> you can do it under the table at meetings. But a game where you have to sing into your phone or listen to somebody else singing is a lot harder to play in a public space. Well, what that brings to mind is that commercial where that guy is like on the phone in the subway saying, what is your password? He's like, blue banana. <laughs> Everybody's like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. 
And so we started realizing that where we were in terms of the number of players we had, it was a, you know, a game that you could get a free version with ads or a paid version without them. But we ended up seeing that, you know, the, our costs just in terms of bandwidth to serve all those sound files back and forth to people as they were sending their songs to each other were exceeding our revenue pretty quickly. And so we tried to, we tried to hold out for a while and see if we could get a turnaround because it wasn't, we weren't losing, we were losing a couple hundred dollars a month. It wasn't anything monstrous. And I would tell you, I would do it again. You know, I've, I've, I've worked for, like I said, a variety of successful internet companies. I, I sold two companies where I was a founder, but, and I made a bunch of mistakes doing all those things. But with this story, you know, I was disappointed with how it turned out and we probably waited too long to pull the plug. But even though the app we made was a failure, I'm still, I'm glad we did it because it was, it's great for me to be able to say that I have the experience of having built an app. And the reality is that, you know, the app store model right now is very akin to a lottery um, in terms of who's going to get successful there because there are so many and it's so hard to break through. And I think it was a good experience for me to have firsthand kind of realizing that you can have a, a good, a fun, a playable, a successful app and a successful app in the sense that it works and is functional that still doesn't turn into a financial or, or business success. So take us to the moment that you decided that this is not going to be something we're going to continue. I mean, kind of walk us through that just a little bit with your mindset, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs like struggle with actually giving up and actually just saying, hey, I'm going to spend my time and energy elsewhere. How did you manage to take that step forward? For a couple months, we were very comfortable looking each month and saying, here's what we were paying to make this app run and here's what we're bringing in. And, you know, we're bringing in way less than we're paying. And at the end of month one, we said, we could keep doing this loss run right here for another three months and see what happens. So four months into it, we've got a very core base of users. We're not seeing a ton of new users come in each week or each day. Uh, when it was single digit user gain and the same kind of number of people playing each day and the losses weren't getting any better, we were still going to lose a couple hundred bucks each month. It was after four months, we, we, you know, every month we would check in and say, let's keep using that four month deadline, four month deadline. After four months, we said, you know what? We're not ready yet. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's wait two more. Uh, it feels like six months is a thing. And we, my co-founder and I agreed, like it was just the two of us. That was it. At six months, that was going to be our do or die date. And when nothing changed over the next two months, we said, okay, a half a year feels like a fair shake for an app. Um, waiting for some kind of magical breakthrough to happen where suddenly more people will discover this app isn't, isn't going to happen, isn't a sane business strategy. And we, you know, we love the game. I still love playing the game. And if it still worked, I would play it now. It's still on my phone. It just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but it, it was, I, it, all those flaws that I mentioned earlier, you know, where you couldn't play it in the public spot, you, you couldn't be the blue banana guy on the subway, you know. <laughs> We got it. And we knew that going in. We were kind of aware, hey, this could be a limitation, but oh, it's so darn fun. It'll be worth it anyway. And so again, I'm, I'm glad we did it. And it, I learned a ton while doing it. But it was at that six-month mark when we saw that the trend still had not bucked in any way that we said it's, it's time to pull the plug. Fire Nation, that's one thing I want to mention real quick with what Lex is getting into here, and that's the sunk cost fallacy that so many entrepreneurs get caught up in. They say, hey, I put six months of my life into this. I got to keep doing this. I mean, otherwise, it's just a completely wasted six months. And, you know, as Lex has said a number of times, it is not a wasted six months. It's not a wasted any amount of time if you're gaining experience. So don't let time in the past fully affect your future. You know, look at it and say, hey, do I need to adjust? Do I need to pivot? Or do I need to just change the direction that I'm going in? Don't let the past always be the dictator of your future. Now, Lex, let's shift a little bit. And you've had a lot of what I would call epiphanies, aha moments. I mean, we've gone through a little bit of your journey in the past and leading up to where you're at right now. 
What aha moment have you had that you think would make a good story to share with Fire Nation today? Sure. It's, I mean, it's the one that ended up with, with my being here in this role now. So, you know, you and I mentioned a couple times I was at Macworld and a friend said, hey, do you want to co-host a podcast with me? And I said, sure. And he and I started doing the podcast and, you know, for our very first episode, we were on a, a now no longer existent podcast network. They sent us over some ad copy. And I said, why did they send us this? And my co-host said, well, uh, because they're going to, you know, we're going to make money from the show doing ads. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought we were just doing the show for fun and exposure or whatever else. So this was, you know, I understood the podcast ads existed. I just didn't think that I qualified. And, you know, after a couple of weeks of those, then suddenly there was no ad. Uh, and any podcaster who I represent can tell you when you've gone from having ads to suddenly there's a day where there's not an ad, you're like, Hey, this is way less interesting now. <laughs> it's a lot more fun to have ads. So I reached out to the network and I said, Hey, if you don't mind, I'd love to try to sell ads for this show myself. And they said, we certainly don't mind. Go for it. Now I had absolutely no ad sales experience at the time. And I started just by reaching out actually to app developers on the app store who had successful apps. And I was looking at the iTunes charts at the, the iTunes has three charts, the top free apps, the top paid apps, and the top grossing apps, because some apps might be free, but have in-app purchases or whatever else. So there's not necessarily the same as the top paid apps. And I started going to the top grossing apps and I was saying, Hey, you guys are doing really well. Why don't you advertise on my podcast that a lot of, you know, Apple nerds listen to, and we can help you promote your app. And as you kind of mentioned at the outset, introducing me, you know, I started selling ads for my show and was successful. A friend on the same network said, well, if you're going to sell ads for your show, could you sell ads for my show too? And then the network said, well, if you're going to sell ads for both of those shows, why don't you sell all 12 of our shows? And then a few friends from outside the network said, well, if you're going to sell those shows, you should sell our shows too. And then non-friends, just entities that had podcasts that I had no direct connection to, emailed in through my website's form and said, hey, if you're going to sell ads for all those shows, will you sell ours too? And three months after I sold my first podcast ad, I was representing 50 shows. And as that was going along and, you know, mid-roll at the time, which I was not a part of because I was independent, was growing at a very similar aggressive pace. I was just looking around and realizing there aren't too many people doing what I'm doing right now. I have a full-time job writing for Macworld. I'm only selling these ads nights and weekends. I can never call any advertisers because I'm working during those hours. <laughs> I'm only doing this via email. I either have to stop doing this altogether or do it full-time. And that for me was the aha moment of this is really turning into a business. I had done $500,000 in ad revenue uh, for those 50 shows by that time. And I was realizing like this is a business and I either have to take the plunge and say I'm going to go do this only and, and quit my stable day job or I'm going to stop doing it. And it turned out that I lucked out and found a third option where uh, Jeff Ulrich reached out to me around the same time I reached out to him and we ended up it's kind of like an aqua hire where I merged my business into his and started doing that full time. So I got to keep a steady paycheck and benefits and all the things that had been the, the fear that had been holding me back a little bit from saying, I'm just going to go strict indie. And I also got to work with, you know, much larger shows than I had been partnered with, including yours. So Fire Nation, there's a lot of things that I want you to be taking away from Lex's aha moment here. I mean, number one is the reality that he just kept his ears open. He kept his eyes open. He was doing the thing and he was seeing opportunities that were just coming before him. I mean, I just recently was on a walk listening to Derek Sivers, uh, one of his most recent books that he had. And he talked about the birth of CD Baby, where he just wanted to sell his CD on his site. Then all of his friends started asking him, you know, I mean, Lex just wanted to sell podcast ads for his podcast and then all his friends started pinging him. So what is that thing that you're doing or that you could be doing that you're just having people reach out and say, hey, can you do that for me? And it's just opportunities 
everywhere. So that's a huge takeaway for me, Lex, is that you just spotted the opportunity from what you were already doing, said, hey, I'm going to double down. I'm going to leverage this opportunity and see where it takes me. What do you want to make sure Fire Nation gets from that story? It's funny. I was thinking about it because I've listened to many, many episodes of your show. And for me, the biggest takeaway is I found that I was enjoying what I was doing. Uh, part of what I was enjoying was I have no idea. And I would—I mean, I wouldn't say it as much now, but I still feel like I have no idea why I'm good at selling ads for podcasts. I happen to be very good at it, but I, I wasn't trained in it. I didn't go to school for it. I had no other sales experience of any kind, but I enjoyed it. It felt like uh, a bit like, you know, playing a, a, a game, but instead of winning points, you would win real money for these podcasters. And then a little bit for me too, when I was selling these ads independently. And, you know, like we talked about when I would, you know, win by getting these advertisers to say yes and place their ads on these shows, the advertisers ended up happy, the hosts ended up happy and the listeners ended up happy because they were hearing about cool stuff and because the shows kept going. And realizing that I was having so much fun doing it was what made me realize that it was something that I could do full time. And obviously, I mean, I think it's kind of uh, very much everyone's dream in the working world to be able to say, I'd love to have a job that I love doing each day. Um, And sometimes that's harder to attain than others. But when I realized how much fun I was having while doing it, that's when I knew I wanted to try to go make a go at going it full time. And I can vouch, Fire Nation, that Lex is good at what he does. I mean, I don't know the exact number, but I mean, the reality for 2015, we're actually over 100% um, for selling of inventory for EO Fire because of all the outrolls that we did. So you did uh, you did your job well for EO Fire, Lex. Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. I'll say, you know, now that we're part of a publicly traded company, I can't get into any specific revenue numbers, but, you know, we were attractive to scripts because we more than doubled our revenue just on ad sales alone every year since inception. And, and that trend continues. Wow. Love that. So Lex, you obviously have a lot of strengths as an entrepreneur and just as a business guy in general, but just let's start with a weakness. What's your biggest weakness? I can get to some extremes on delegation where I'm either thinking I've got to handle everything myself or I've got to have you, uh, I've got to have you handle it all. And where, what I work on the most, I think right now is delegating just the right amount of uh, here's the guidance you need so that you can handle this task for me. Uh, I'm not going to just send you out into this all alone and I'm not just going to own this whole thing myself because I, I don't have enough bandwidth available to do all those things. What's your biggest strength? I think I'm a good communicator. I think that early on, you know, when I look at my early ad sales experience, which was entirely via email, it's, you know, thinking about cold emailing, I was literally by hand writing out cold emails to various people who I had no connections to. I would go on LinkedIn and look up who was the director of marketing at various companies and, you know, writing the right emails so that they would get what the heck I was talking about. <laughs> at that time, you know, three, four years ago, we had to explain to most advertisers what a podcast was and why they should care. Uh, I think that my communication both to, to advertisers and to my employees is, is pretty strong and um, I'm able to communicate pretty effectively with both groups what I'm, what I'm offering or what I'm asking. Lex, what's the one thing that has you most fired up today? I'm pretty excited right now about the fact that podcasting has been having a moment for two and a half years running and it doesn't show any signs of slowing down. You know, the most recent giant moment in podcasting you have to take your pick. It could be Serial, which obviously really captured mainstream attention. Uh, Mark Maron had the president of the United States on his show from his garage. Um, there's been a, a ton of press for shows recently like uh, The Message, uh, which was a, a fictional series. Serial Season 2 is starting. But what's exciting to me is just there's so much happening around podcasts and it doesn't show any sign of slowing down. And today, John, podcasts are still really hard to get into. Like your listeners, the Fire Nation know knows how to subscribe to a podcast, how to listen, how to get every episode. But many, many people 
worldwide still would struggle to figure it out. The whole concept of subscribing and how to get them and do you have to find an RSS feed and all this stuff, it's still much more difficult than it could be. And as connected cars get smarter, as your car can just download your episodes overnight so they're waiting for you in the car when you take it out of the garage the next morning, as all that stuff gets better and faster and easier, it's just going to mean way more listeners. And, you know, today we're seeing brands like Dunkin' Donuts and Chipotle and Prudential and Procter & Gamble who want to start advertising on podcasts or who are now advertising on podcasts. And that's quite a shift from even, you know, 12 months ago when it was still great companies but ones that were less well-known to mainstream Americans. And so that's the excitement to me is that just everything about this industry keeps growing and there's so much untapped resource still available, so many untapped listeners still to, to, to get into the space. That's going to be really appealing to both them and to the advertisers. I mean, picture the day, Lex, when someone just sits in their car and says, um, car, let me listen to a top-ranked business podcast. And then the car just starts playing it through the speakers. <laughs> There's only one, and it's John Lee Dumas. <laughs> that is my car, yes. So, Fire Nation, we have some incredible stuff coming up in the lightning round. But we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. I love that. Sick of the hassle, time, and money it takes to hold a meeting? We've all been there before, and we know we could be spending our bandwidth in much better ways. But of course, meeting with your clients and coworkers is important, so just meet with them online with GoToMeeting because it's a smarter way to meet. GoToMeeting makes it easy to meet anytime, anyplace, because with GoToMeeting, you can meet from any computer, tablet, or smartphone without the hassle, time, and money it takes to travel somewhere. Afraid it'll be too techy for your team? No way. Anyone can join just by clicking a link. No signups required. I want you to sign up for GoToMeeting today. Try it free for 30 days, nothing to lose. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Do it now and have your first meeting up and running in minutes. That's GoToMeeting.com for your free 30-day trial. Most entrepreneurs I know are addicted to their mobile phones. And why not? We're working from home in our cars, shared office spaces, even dorm rooms. Plus, we're working with remote employees, freelancers, and multiple team players. Heck, when you consider all the time we spend on our mobile phones, you might even say we love them. But keeping personal and business calls separate can be tough. You might even use two mobile phones, but that's expensive, not to mention annoying. What if you missed that one big call you've been waiting for? That's why I use eVoice. You don't have to buy a second phone or get a second line. There you go. Now you've got yet another reason to love your phone. So go ahead and grab it. Yep, the mobile phone that's right in your hands. And visit eVoice.com and add a second line today. eVoice is offering Fire Nation an extended 60-day free trial. Visit eVoice.com and use promo code FIRE. That's eVoice.com, promo code FIRE. Are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am. I've been studying all night. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Definitely fear. You know, was, uh, I have three young kids. Ten years ago, I had three even younger kids, or at the time, just one, I guess. But it was just fear. Of what Will I be able to provide? Will I be able to generate the income that I need? Am I going to dwindle my savings down too much? It was just fear. What's the best advice you've ever received? It's one I touched on a little bit earlier. It's I do something that makes you happy. If you can find work that makes you happy, you're going to do great at it. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? I read a ton. News, essays, fiction, all of it. Reading anybody's successful business essay gets me excited, but even reading Stephen King's latest collection of short stories gets me excited and motivated. Share an internet resource like an Evernote with Fire Nation. I love Slack. It's a, a great group chat communication tool and it's it's really changed work life at midroll entirely 
Yeah, they had a great feature recently on Inc. Magazine, which was killer. So check out one of the back issues, Fire Nation. If you could recommend just one book for Fire Nation, Lex, what would it be and why? I think the book that I'd recommend is Dave Barry Does Japan. It's not a recent book, but it's one of my favorite books. Dave Barry, one of my favorite authors. It's not full of business advice or anything, but Dave Barry is so good at being a humorist, but he also has some really serious stuff in that book too. And it's just every time I reread that book, which I've probably done half a dozen times or more, um, it really speaks to me. It leaves me feeling like I want to be a, a better dad and a better person. Dave Barry does Japan. Now, Lex, this is the last question of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I have $500. I have a functional laptop. I'm going to buy a microphone and a USB piano keyboard. Uh, it's going to, I'll have $200 left. I'm going to use the $200 to buy a domain name and a, a Squarespace site. And I'm going to launch a brand new podcast so I can start building an audience and building revenue at the same time. And is the keyboard just for pleasure? The keyboard so I can do a theme song for it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I play piano a little bit every day just to, to stay, I don't know, stay, it, it makes me relax. So I enjoy doing that every day. So let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Well, you can find me, uh, you can email me anytime, lex at midroll.com, M-I-D-R-O-L-L. And I'm on Twitter at L-E-X-F-R-I. I pronounce it Lex Fry. Some say Lex Free. <laughs> so what's that parting piece of guidance? If you can find stuff that makes you happy, and you can feel like you're really good at it. It's, it's easy to wake up every day and feel motivated about doing what it is you have to get done. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with LF and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Lex in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about, links to the book, the resource, everything, and of course, his direct email, lex at midroll.com. Hit him up. And Lex, I just want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you, Lex, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. It was my pleasure, John. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for entrepreneurial resources, free trainings on how to podcast and host webinars, and so much more. Visit eofire.com and ignite.